right so we will take up canto 6 chapter 2 the chapter is ajmila delivered by the vishnu dutas uh we had last time done a chapter where the life of ajmila was taken up so from there onwards we will see now ajmila how he is delivered by the vishnu dutas ajmila is a person who has been uh between two that is the yam dutas are there and the vishnu dutas are there and both of them are fighting for his body is he is dead now the his soul rather so we will see from there sukdev goswami said my dear king the servant of the lord vishnu are always very expert in logic and arguments after hearing the statements of the yam dutas they replied as follows the vishnu duta said alas how painful is it that irreligion is being introduced in an assembly where religion should be maintained indeed those in charge of maintaining the religious principles are needlessly punishing a sinless unpunishable person uh, this is uh, like what we say as dharma and adharma a religious and irreligious means a dharma and adharma over here so the vishnu duta's argument is he is a very dharmic person why should he be treated like an adharmic person a king or governmental officials should be so well qualified that he acts as a father maintainer and protector of the citizen because of affection and love he should give the citizens good advice and instructions according to the standard scriptures and should be equal to everyone yamraj does this for he is the supreme master of justice and so do those who follow in their footsteps however if such persons become polluted and exhibit partiality by punishing an innocent blameless person where will the citizen go to take shelter of their maintenance and security so the argument is between this yamdutas and the people those who are talking at that point in time are the vishnu dutas so they are giving an idea about it that all the government people that are there they are supposed to be taking care of the of the people around because they got elected by the people i mean that's a very strange phenomena but now whether they are religious or irreligious that's a different story <laughs> the mass of people follow the example of a leader in a society and imitate his behavior they accept as evidence whatever the leader accepts this is a very important thing we all have to you know aim to be leaders see in our world we may say where where is the leadership that i am nobody i am just a simple human being no but we are giving examples to our own children to the people in the society to the people those who are there with us you know around us who keep on always learning from us and that is the reason why we have to always see to it that we should not be creating errors or mistakes which can be then emulated by others people in general are not very advanced in knowledge by which to discriminate between religion and irreligion the innocent unenlightened citizen is like an ignorant animal sleeping in peace with its head in the lap of its master faithfully believing in the master's protection if the leader is actually kind hearted and deserves to be the object of living entity's faith how can he punish or kill a foolish person who has fully surrendered in good faith and friendship so this is uh, giving you know tanas to the yamduta saying that you know you people are supposed to understand all these things you are the elected representatives of taking people towards uh, your domains so you should be very careful and not set a bad example i mean <laughs> ajmila is already atoned for all the sinful actions 
Indeed, he has atoned not only for the sins performed in one life, but for those performed in millions of lives. For in a helpless condition, he chanted the name of Narayana. Even though he did not chant purely, he chanted without offense, and therefore he is now pure and eligible for liberation. This this gives us an idea, you know. Every time when the interpretation of words are there, actually interpretation what happens is we read some words and we think, oh, so I have to keep on chanting the name of God, so that you know when I die I will go to heaven. That is the idea. But what we forget is the line before that. See, the line before that is very, very dicey. It is telling you something completely different. The person has finished his issues connected with this world and all the past problems. See, he has already atoned for all the sinful actions. Atonement is already finished. And then he is calling out the name. So it is not that you are you are the biggest uh, you know crook in the world and then you keep on saying Ram 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 and then you are going to go to heaven. Okay, sorry, that is not that's a very wrong way of looking at it. You go to these uh, you know great um, Babaji's in this world. They tell you always you know you should always take one japmala and say the name. And you will find all the old people in our house or you know people that we that you believe are you know spiritual they will keep on taking the name of krishna ram or jesus or somebody like that they still not going to do any change in their world because indeed he has atoned not only for the sins performed in one life but for those performed in millions of lives so the person has come to a dead halt at that point in time there is nothing due from him and then he has chanted the name of Narayana by mistake. So naturally that mistake is anyway going to, it's like you know, you are playing the lottery and uh, yes, you have got uh, last uh, dollar left and you punch that number and suddenly you get million dollars. Something like that one big lottery came to him. Okay. <laughs> so he was eligible for that particular liberation. The Vishnu Dutas continued. Even previously while eating and at other times, this Aljmila would call his son saying, My dear Narayana, please come here. Although calling the name of the son, he nevertheless uttered the four-syllable Narayana. Simply by chanting the name of Narayana in this way, he sufficiently atoned for the sinful reactions of millions of lives. The chanting of the holy name of Lord Vishnu is the best process for atonement of a thief or a gold or other valuables. For a drunkard, or one who betrays a friend or relative, or one who kills a brahmana, or for the one who indulges in sex with the wife of his guru or another superior. It is also the best method of atonement for one who murders women, the king and the, or his father, for one who slaughters cows and for all the sinful men. Simply by chanting the holy name of Lord Vishnu, such sinful persons may attract the attention of the Supreme Lord, who therefore considers, because this man has chanted my holy name, my duty is to give him protection. That's a very funny way of looking at it. I doubt if, uh, you know, uh, I mean, those who are... There are lots of people in this world, you know. They they take the name of God and then they kill people. They kill thousands and thousands of people in the name of religion. And then when they are killing, they call out the name of God. And they say, okay, here I am doing it. See, I don't want to name those people over here, but I I think you understand, you know, in the name of so and so, I am killing and kill that fellow. Or you take one bomb and blast the whole city out. I mean, that is not the way to do it. 
So you are deliberately with the actions, you are doing it and then you are saying, I, now I should get liberation. That is not possible. Okay. This verse is actually, and the next couple of verses that are there, they are only going to tell you that taking the name of the Lord is also equally important. You have to take the name of the Lord. And yes, what you do at the last minute will take you towards that object. But suppose you don't have any credit left in your account and you have taken the name of that person. Okay. That you may just have to go over there and take a return ticket back from there, no? There is no point in just going and taking a return ticket. So best not to have all those things. <laughs> okay. The following the Vedic ritualistic ceremonies or undergoing atonement. Sinful men do not become as purified by the chanting once the holy name of Lord Hari. Although ritualistic atonement may free one from sinful actions, it does not awaken the devotional service and unlike the chanting of the Lord's name, which reminds one of the Lord's fame, qualities, attributes, pastimes and paraphernalia. What it should do is, the moment you take the name, the entire picture of the Lord has to come in front of you. That means you are not involved in the action. The object of the action, let, let us say whatever action that is happening at that moment in time, that action is done by the body whereas your mind is in the part of devotion. So this is the reason why he says, it remains reminds one of the Lord's fame. Qualities, attributes, pastimes and the paraphernalia. Paraphernalia means when you are thinking of Krishna, you will say, okay, there is a Shankha, there is a Gada, there is a Shankha, you know, Chakra and all those things. You, you, your mind immediately has to go towards that. So what happens is your mind going inside the Lord's domain will not allow any sinful actions to happen at that point in time. That is the only way of taking the name of the Lord and getting out of it. The ritualistic ceremonies of atonement recommended in the religious scriptures are insufficient to cleanse the heart absolutely because after atonement one's mind again runs towards material activities. Consequently, for one who wants liberation from the fruitive reactions of material activities, the chanting of the Hare Krishna mantra or for glorification of the name, fame and pastimes of the Lord is recommended as the most perfect process of atonement because such chanting eradicates the dirt from one's heart completely. So what happens is taking the name of the Lord and immersing yourself in that activity. It is not that I am, I am, uh, you know, doing something. I am writing my, you know, doing some dealing with some customer. Acha acha, ye itna hai, dus rupee ka hai, bis rupee ka hai. Hare Ram, Hare Ram, Hare Ram, bis rupee ka hai. I can't do that. That is something not done. So you will find that you have to be focused in it. Focused. We have, we have a problem in our world. You know what we do? We are doing two, three things. We actually do this, what is called multitasking. You will find multitasking is something which people love to do. That means I am doing this, meanwhile I will do that. And meanwhile I will do that as well. Where is the name of the Lord being taken at that point in time? Where do you think actually you are going to be immersed in that? See, it is better not to be a part of that and just be a you know, hypocrite instead of that. You better be immersed in this particular thing for that particular point in time. So if you are taking the name of the Lord, you better be with the Lord at that time. Otherwise, what is the point? It's like taking attendance. You know, Acha, so and so present, sir. This one present, sir. And that's all that is going to happen. Beyond that, what is going to happen? Nothing is going to happen. No, no lessons are going inside your head. At the time of death, Ajmila helplessly 
chanted the holy name of the Lord Narayana, that chanting alone has already freed him from the reactions of the sinful life. Therefore, O servants of Yamaraja, do not try to take him to your master for punishment in hellish conditions. One who chants the holy name of the Lord is immediately freed from the reactions of the unlimited sins. Even if he chants indirectly to indicate something else, jokingly for musical entertainment or even neglectfully. This is accepted by all the learned scholars of the scriptures. Now, you will find that uh, many a times, you know, I have met people, the moment they uh, look at me, the first thing that they will say is, ah, Guruji, ah, like that, you know. It's in a, in a very uh, condescending way they are talking. They are, they are not talking to me with uh, respect or anything like that. They are saying, Haha, you are the one who teaches about Krishna. <laughs> like that, you know, you, you can make out, you know. They are making fun. But what happens is, at that point in time, because they have taken the name of the Lord, by mistake, or in a very derogatory manner, Still, Krishna is very benevolent at that point in time. He says, okay, fine, take it, my name is You know, even in our school or in our life also, suppose somebody calls out our name. Hey, come here, man, Guru, what are you doing, man? What we will do is we look at him, isn't it? Though we may get anger in us, but yet we will look at that person and then in our mind we may say, idiot, sala, you know, something like that. <laughs> We may say these words, but yet we will do that action. So what happens is, even in the Lord's case, the Lord's name is being taken, though in a very derogatory manner, yet He has caught the attention of the Lord. That is the most important thing. If you recollect, you know, somebody threw one, one shoe to George Bush. You remember? They threw one shoe at George Bush, and then, they, then the person took out the second shoe and threw at George Bush. And uh, both the times George Bush ducked. Remember this too. Now this man became famous because of that. Or the person who uh, broke inside the White House, he may be doing for whatever reason, but he became famous, isn't it? So And his name got associated with Obama. So he said, this person went to kill Obama. Though he has not done anything, he has just entered that place. But yet his name was in headlines over there. Says, this person went to... And Obama also... Oh, this guy. Oh, is this the person who did it? Yes. So it is like that, you know. Your name becomes famous in the mind of that person. So, George Bush will never forget the name of the person who threw the shoe at him. Isn't it? It's the same thing, you know, somebody coming and uh, saying something bad to you, you are never going to forget. So you always are on top of the mind. So in God's case also, even though you say something very derogatory also, you are always on top of the mind. So, <coughs> if one chants the holy name of Hari and when dies, because of accidental misfortune such as falling from the top of the house, slipping and broken, suffering broken bones while traveling on the road, being bitten by the summit, afflicted by pain and high fever or being injured by a weapon, one is immediately absorbed for having to enter hellish life although he is sinful. Authorities who have learned scholars and sages have carefully ascertained that one should atone for the heaviest sins by undergoing a heavy process of atonement and one should atone for lighter sins by undergoing lighter atonement. Chanting the Hare Krishna mantra, however, vanquishes all the effects of sinful activities, regardless of whether they are heavy or light. You know, uh, one of the very famous examples today, 
uh, is because if you are a political leader, you are known to some other people in the political circles. You can, in, suppose you have gone to jail, you are definitely going to get nice biryani, chicken and this and that being delivered in the jail. Why? Because you know the boss is somewhere. Just being in the company of those people, you are an elite, elite group. Okay, and just imagine, uh, you are a person who has uh, done the biggest crime. You are from the elite group, isn't it? You will be put in very special cell because you, the people think, you know, any person in your cell, you will kill that person also. <laughs> so you are given special treatment. So in the same way, I am giving a funny examples for you to understand that even in the worst case scenario, even in the worst case scenario, what happens is you get something like, uh, you know, special treatment. Uh, maybe you are going to heaven and you get that reprieve for some time, you know. Okay, okay, we'll listen to your case. Maybe 20 years you can be on parole. Or <laughs> maybe you got bail for 10 years, okay, 5 years, we'll see. It's uh, that uh, the very famous story that is going on nowadays is of that person called Pistorius. Uh, Santil, are you there? I think we have lost connectivity over here. Let us see. Hello. I think we have absolutely no connectivity. Uh, Sentil is there or what? No, 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 he is not there. I think we have lost connectivity. Do one thing, can you send him um, uh, another invite from your this thing? Alright, so we will just do. <coughs> Authorities who have learned scholars and sages have carefully ascertained that one should atone for the heaviest sins by undergoing a heavy process of atonement and one should atone for lighter sins by undergoing lighter atonement. Chanting the Hare Krishna mantra, however, vanquishes all the effects of sinful activities, regardless of whether heavy or light. So, in, uh, even in our material world, if you want to really uh, say, if you are preparing for a race, okay, your parents and teachers association race, you know, parents also have to give the race sometimes. So you are getting ready for that, you know, spoon and marble race or sack race. We do that. And that time you are not going to undergo much of a, you know, preparation, are you? No, you are not going to do anything. But suppose you want to do it for your office. Naturally, you will do something. And now you are going to attend a marathon. So the amount of effort that you are going to put will be directly proportional to the, the importance that you give in your material world, isn't it? That is the reason why it is light or heavy. Although one may neutralize the reaction of sinful life through austerity, charity, vows and other such methods, these pious activities cannot uproot the material desires of one's heart. However,
one serves the lotus feet of the personality of God, Godhead, he is immediately freed from such contaminations. So the most important part is you may do anything for that matter, you know, for removing your sins. What are the things like austerity, charity, take some vows, you know, deadly vows. I'm not going to eat this, I'm not going to do this, I'm going for and staying in some cold place, whatever. So all these things, they are not going to give you any removal from this material worldly life. The karma is still going to be around. Only way of getting out of it is through devotional service to the Divine Lord. As the fire burns dry grass to ashes, so the holy name of the Lord, whether chanted knowingly or unknowingly, burns the ashes, burns to ashes without fail, all the reaction of one sinful activity. Actually, this chapter is on devotion, not on chanting is one of the methods of devotion. If a person unaware of the effective potency of a certain medicine takes that medicine or is forced to take it, it will act even without the knowledge because its potency does not depend on the patient's understanding. Similarly, even though one does not know the value of chanting the holy name of the Lord, if one chants knowingly or unknowingly, the chanting will be very effective. Sri Sukhdev Goswami continued, My dear King, having thus perfectly judged the principles of devotional service, with reasoning and argument, the orders carried out by the Lord Vishnu released the Brahmana Ajmila from the bondage of Yamdutas and saved him from imminent death. <coughs> imminent death in the sense, that is the punishment that may have come to him. My dear Maharaj Parikshit, O subduer of all enemies, after the servants of Yamraj has been answered by the orders carried by Lord Vishnu, they went to Yamraja and explained to him everything that had happened. Having been released from the news of Yamraja's servants, the Brahmana Ajmila, now free from fear, came to the senses and immediately offered obeisance unto the Vishnu Dutas by bowing his head at the lotus feet. He was extremely pleased by their presence, for he had seen them save his life from the hands of the servants of Yamraja. O sinless Maharaj Parikshit, the order carriers of the Supreme Personality of Godhead, the Vishnu Dutas, saw that Ajmila was attempting to say something, and thus they suddenly disappeared from his presence. <clears throat> After hearing the discourse between the Yamdutas and the Vishnu Dutas, Ajmila could understand the religious principles that act under the three modes of material nature. These principles are mentioned in the three Vedas and they could also understand the transcendental religious principles which are about the modes of material nature and which concern the relationship between the living beings and the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Furthermore, Ajmila heard glorification of the name, fame, qualities and pastimes of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. He thus became a perfectly pure devotee. He then remembered the passport sinful activities which he generally regretted having performed. Ajmila said, Alas, being a servant of my senses, how degraded I became. I fell down from my position as a duly qualified Brahmana and begot children in the womb of a prostitute. Alas, all condemnation upon me. I acted so sinfully that I degraded my family traditions. Indeed, I gave up my chaste and the beautiful young wife to have sexual intercourse with a fallen prostitute accustomed to drinking wine. All condemnations upon me. My father and mother are old and I have no other son or friend to look after them. Because I did not take care of them, they lived with great difficulty. Alas, like an abominable lower class man, I regret unregretfully left them in that condition. It's now clear that as a consequence of such activities, a sinful person like me must be thrown into hellish conditions meant for those who have broken religious principles and must therefore suffer extreme miseries. Was this a dream I saw or was it reality? 
I saw fear some men with ropes in their hands coming to arrest me and drag me away. Where have they gone? And where have these four liberated and very beautiful persons gone, who released me from arrest and saved me from being dragged down to the hellish regions? I am certainly most abominable and unfortunate to have merged in the ocean of sinful activities. But nevertheless, because of my previous spiritual activities, I could see those four exalted personalities which came to rescue me. Now I feel exceedingly happy because of their visit. So this is uh, Ajmila talking to himself. He is telling, I mean this actually is a dialogue between uh, Parikshit and you know, Sukhdev Goswami. So Sukhdev Goswami is translating to uh, Parikshit actually what has happened in the mind of Ajmila. Ajmila himself doesn't realize that he had died. Okay. And the conversation that happened in his supposedly a dream state was actually happening. See, this is what we call, you know, in our world, um, ND, like, you know, what do you say? Uh, Near-death experience. Near-death experience, ND, near-death experience. Now, near-death experience is actually like a dream state. It's not happening, happening the way you look at it. It's like a dream state, it occurs, but we still have the recollection of what happened. We have a faint idea, oh, something like this happened. But we are not able to prove it. There is no proof of the pudding there. We can just say, you know, oh, I saw some white light and then I saw some angels and then I saw somebody and all that. And there is nothing like that. <clears throat> Were it not passed for my past devotional service, how could I, a most unclean keeper of a prostitute, have gotten an opportunity to chant the holy name of Vaikuntapati? So, Ajmila is again, it's a dialogue going on in his mind. So, he is talking to himself and he says, It is because of these devotional services that I have been doing all my life that even though all these things that have happened, I am still able to get out of it. So, otherwise this would not have been possible. Ajmila continued, I am a shameless cheater who has killed his Brahminical culture. Indeed, I am a sin personified. Where am I in comparison to the all-auspicious chanting in the holy name of Lord Narayana? I am such a sinful person. But since I have not gotten this opportunity, I must completely control my mind, life and senses and always engage in devotion service so that I may not fall again into the deep darkness and ignorance of material life. So, he comes to know that what he was doing was not correct and that he has got his repair over here he is able to get out of that state so that is the reason why he says after this I am not going to do this again ah, this comes to us quite often you know we get our, our you know wraps on our knuckles also quite often but we never learn we, we maybe need to have an understanding that it is not a dream it is truth <laughs> then only we will take it seriously otherwise we won't because of identifying oneself with the body, one is subjected to desires or sense gratification. And thus one engages in many different types of pious and impious actions. These impious and pious actions happens because we have a body. Understand this, body is the root cause. Okay? It is like this, you know. If you are an insulation material, can you get heated? No. But, isn't it the quality of the insulation material which doesn't allow the heat to penetrate, right? 
It's the same thing. If there is a good conductor of electricity and a bad conductor, the qualities are known. So when the electricity passes through it, it will allow to pass and the other one will not allow. So this is the reason why you will find that body is like that good conductor, bad conductor or those kind of things. We are attuned to doing those actions. Understand this. We are attuned to do those actions. Got it? There is no way in which you can get out of these actions. Alright? It is like I told you, a heating element will have to get heated. Okay? Then it comes in use. So, it's like our physical bodies. I have my fingers. I can write with my fingers. Okay? Or I can draw with my fingers. But can I eat with my fingers? No, no, I don't mean this. Can I actually physically eat? No, I cannot. Understand, the fingers are for picking the food and putting it in the mouth. The mouth has its own qualities. It, it can eat and it can chew the food. In the same way, I can breathe through my nose. I can see through my eyes. But I can't see through my nose. Can I? So that is the reason why everybody has been given specific qualities. And those qualities are coming and bundled. It's like a bundled software with us the moment we are born. And the moment we are born, those qualities come into play immediately. It's like nobody has to teach a lion or a, or a tiger to eat flesh. It automatically, the moment it is born, it knows, nah, this is what I got to do. So it will do. So that is the, the body which has been given. Therefore, I shall not fall victim again. Mm. Alright. This is what constitutes material bondage. Now I shall disentangle myself from the material bondage which has been caused by the Supreme Personality of Godhead's illusory energy in the form of a woman. Being a most fallen soul, I have victimized my illusory energy and I have become like a dancing dog led around by the woman's hand. Now I shall give up the lusty desires and free myself from this illusion. I shall become a merciful, well-wishing friend of all living entities and always absorb myself in Krishna Consciousness. Simply because I chanted the holy name of the Lord in association of devotee, my heart is now becoming purified. Therefore, I shall not fall victim again to the false lures of material sense gratification. Now that I have become fixed in the absolute truth, henceforward, I shall not identify with the body. I shall give a false conception of I and mind and fix my mind in the lotus feet of Krishna. And this is, in one single line, it is telling you what everybody is supposed to do. And suppose to give up your material body. First is your attachment to your own body. And your mind and your senses. All this comes first. Second is to the material objects outside of us. When you give up the material objects that are outside of you, give up their desires. Desire is one thing and usage is another. Please understand this. One is desire and one is the proper utility. Now think about it. A person wants to reach from here to the railway station and he has to reach within the next one hour's time. So isn't it, his mind will definitely tell him na, the, what is the right mode of transport that he needs to take. Do you think that he is supposed to wait in the bus stop for one hour for the bus to come and then go? His train will go. So he has to make proper utilization. So he will utilize the time. Maybe take an auto rickshaw and then go to the railway station. That is the best way of going. 
Now, if I have to go from here to say Delhi, now what is the best way of transport? Maybe the train or maybe the plane. Okay, so if my need of the hour is to be reaching there in the next day, I better take a plane and go over there. Because the train may take 48 hours or 36 hours to reach. And then the booking may not be there. So we have to use our mind which God has given so that proper utilization happens. You don't spend, uh, you know, uh, you don't go to the airport and take a chartered flight, boss. <laughs> you say, I have to go to Delhi, I will take a chartered flight. No, that is not required. See, you have to take, that is called desire. Understand, desire is one aspect of it and utility and the one which is called the need is ex- completely different. These two things people mix up. The need of the hour is to eat food. It is not because I like it so I am going to eat more. No, that is a desire. This is to fill your stomach so that you, you can run the entire day on the fuel that you have consumed, isn't it? So that is basically you are keeping your body running. People say, na, khane ke liye jiti hai, jine ke liye khate. Something like that. Yeah? <laughs> Some people do that. So they have this, I want to eat so that I can live. And the other person says, I live to eat. So which one? The live to eat is the person who is full of desires. You know? And the other one is a person who, just so that he can survive, he is going to eat. Because of the moment's association with the devotees, the Vishnu Dutas, Ajmila detached himself from the material conception of life and determination. Thus freed from all material attraction, he immediately started for Hardwar. In Hardwar, Ajmila took shelter at the Vishnu temple, where he executed the process of Bhakti Yoga. He controlled his senses and fully applied his mind in the service of the Lord. Ajmila fully engaged in devotional service. Thus he detached his mind from the process of self-gratification and became fully absorbed in thinking of the form of the Lord. When his intelligence and mind were fixed upon the form of the Lord, the Brahmana Ajmila once again before him, four celestial, saw before him four celestial persons. You could understand they were those whom he had seen previously and thus he offered them his obeisance by bowing down before them. Upon seeing the Vishnu Dutas, Ajmila gave up his material body at Haridwar on the bank of the river Ganga. He retained the original spiritual body which was the body appropriate for the associate of the Lord. Accompanied by the orders carriers of Lord Vishnu, Ajmila boarded an airplane made of gold. Passing through the airways, he went through the abode of Lord Vishnu, the husband of the goddess of fortune. Now you will, you will ask, you know, uh, there is something... There is a very hot, heated debate that goes on in all these atheistic and the, you know, religious people. The atheists keep on laughing at people or those who are the believers. You know what they say? Your God said that 6,000 years ago He created this universe and He said, let there be light and the light was there. I mean, from what point of view are they talking? It's like interpretation of words is being distorted to their convenience. No, what what is being told at that point in time is let there be light. 
simply translates into let there be knowledge you know before 6000 years maybe before the time which jesus and other people are talking about a time before that the man could have been you know maybe a basic human being like today we have uh, a genus which is uh, homo sapien he could be simpler human being than that we don't know there was homo erectus and all those were there earlier and they could draw on the on the walls of the caves you have those 10000 year old paintings which they found even in malaysia and indonesia and uh, some other place in europe now those kind of paintings can be drawn by a person without brain also you know they look at something and they, uh, they can just draw it you can tell even anybody to draw even a monkey can draw sorry <laughs> doesn't mean that the monkey is a human being no so the amount of knowledge that could have been there before that time could have been much lesser than the knowledge which could have been there now so why are we trying to get into an argument you know it's like nothing like but distortion of the words are there you can pick up certain lines from somewhere and say oh this is what it is so is the same thing you know the always the argument is between science and uh, science and religion it will always keep on arguing ki tumne aisa bola tha ye barabar nahi and then the story of uh, you know the apple and the adam and eve and all that that again it's an allegorical tale it's a tale which has got some knowledge in it we cannot take it literally you see even in our normal world we don't take literally things isn't it we have to we have to adapt them to our world and this is the same way over here also is the same thing you know you will find that a vimana came a golden vimana came and in that he sat and he went to vishnu loka traveling through the air so uh, people will think oh the vimana must be some alien fellow must have come up golden colored i mean these are literal translations yeah see the golden light that you see once when you die or something like that 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 glimpse that is there the soul is not connected to the material realm this is a physical material realm we only know about material realms we don't know anything beyond the material realm you understand what i'm saying how do you know beyond the material realm yes and uh, then uh, you know i was talking to someone some two days ago and i was telling them everybody knows between two neurons and the axons and the what is that one is the one end is called axon and one is called something else so between that there is a gap no a very tiny gap is there and between the gap the electrical impulse passes from one neuron to the other neuron isn't it that's called synapse what exists in the synapse nobody knows the gap nobody knows what exists in the gap that is what is called also kumbhaka the gap nobody knows what exists in the gap so i was drawing on the on the you know i was drawing now let us say behind me 
is the entire universe. I am sitting here in front of it. Am I not blocking the view behind? So when you are seeing it from front, it appears that I have blocked a two-dimensional diagram behind. You got what I am saying? Now look at the universe. The universe is such a huge place. The whole thing is black in color. And suddenly in the middle you have Mars, you have Saturn, you have Venus, you have Jupiter. So what happens is, the portion behind that, because you are seeing from this perspective, I am seeing it like this, it appears that the behind portion is blocked out. Now you see it in two dimensions. And it will appear like something is there on top of this. The, the screen, 2D, in that there is one object in back in front of, right in front of it. So, it appears that there is an obliteration of things behind of that. Now visualize this. Do you really believe that there is something getting obliterated behind? No way. The expanse of the universe is vast. It is so much further ahead you cannot imagine. With our limited mind, we give the color blue and all those colors to the sky. But is there a sky? There is no sky also. There is nothing in this universe. And if you gather all the components of the universe together, they will not even make 1% of the entire composition. Can you imagine? If I put the Earth, the Mars, the Saturn, the you know, Andromeda galaxy and Milky Way and this and that and all these, I combine them together also, how much of space are they going to take up in the universe out there? Nothing. It's not even one dot. You got the whole point. So then, who is going to understand that big thing? Is the same thing which is there in this universe. Understand this. The tangible objects. Do you, you, you have to understand in depth what I am saying. The tangible objects. The written story. Okay. The gap between the synapse. The synapse that is there. The gap is actually, you know, completely different than the tangible objects. So if I put all the tangible objects together, from tangible to intangible, how will you move? There is no way of knowing how to move. You understand what I am saying? If I jump from the earth, can I fall into the sky? No way. No way can I fall anywhere. You understand? Because the expanse is huge. So if you apply this principle in our material world, when you die, the physical body, you are jumping from a tangible source into an intangible entity and how big is it? Can you say? No way. And it is, there is no depth also. Like there is no depth for the universe, the black thing behind. There is no depth for where you are actually entering. That is the reason why to understand synapse is extremely tough. 
to understand kumbhaka you know between that two gaps you know while breathing exercise is done nobody understands that gap that is the domain which we have to enter so once we enter that domain that is called the divine consciousness that gap synapse that gap in between or the 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 gap is actually huge but what we see is a tiny one same way like we think that the earth is you know covering the universe like today how much sky can i see i can see from one horizon to the other you know one end to the other beyond that i can't see anything because my vision is limited and if if one big body comes and stands in front of me i can't see beyond can i it's the same thing like i put my uh, my finger in front of my eyes i can't see beyond i can only see the finger which is covering my eye so human vision is so much limited it will it will limit itself because we can only see just at the nose tip beyond that we cannot see so you will now understand the reason why you know these lines they cannot be taken at face value everybody takes them at face value and they get lost so therefore hmm Okay, I'll do the previous verse. I don't remember where I am. Ajmila was a Brahmana who, because of bad association, was given up all Brahmanical culture and religious principles. Becoming more fallen, he stole, drank, and performed other abominable acts. He even kept a prostitute. He was destined to be carried away to hell by the orders of Yamraja, but he was immediately rescued by the glimpse of the chanting of the holy name of Narayana. Therefore, one who desires freedom from material bondage. should adopt the process of chanting and glorifying the name fame form and past time of supreme personality of godhead as whose feet all the holy places stand one cannot derive the proper benefit from other methods such as pious attainment speculative knowledge meditation in mystic yoga because even after following such methods one takes to fruitive activities again unable to control the mind which is contaminated by the base qualities of nature namely passion and ignorance few days ago i was reading a very beautiful article article was beautiful no doubt about it the person was talking something about spirituality the person says in the article i am a spiritual person i do the mystic yoga i practice yoga for the last 25 years of my life and uh, the next line she had written and i also practice tantric sex and i teach that <laughs> so <laughs> you know the whole thing came to a zero the moment you say all these kind of things <laughs> how can that be associated with this so even after doing 25 years of yoga practice of yoga and on top of it you are doing all these things it all all that is nullified isn't it so this is what happens those who practice this yoga so again it's a, it's a very funny thing which uh, you know i was uh, talking to somebody i said the whole life a person was eating sugar suddenly he comes to know that he has got diabetes then he shifts to sugar free type of tablets and all that then many years he does sugar free but the craving doesn't go no craving is still there the desire is still existing i want sweet so what is the point just because you have diabetes 
so you are eating sugar free but it doesn't take away the craving so then what is the point in having that kind of a thing in your world no no i take sugar free no point you can eat in moderation moderation you can definitely like in the previous line i explained to you na the need is there and then excesses are there please do those things which are basic necessity needs you don't have to eat just because you want to you know love something no you eat in moderation it's the same thing you know where sugar is concerned whereas all activities are concerned you don't have to fall down to do something that is the idea because of this confidential historical narration has been potency to vanquish all sinful reactions one who hears or describes it with faith and devotion is no longer doomed to hellish regions life regardless of his having a material body and regardless of how sinful he might have been indeed the yam dutas who carry out the order of yam yam raja do not approach him even to see him after giving up the body he returns back back to godhead where he was very respectfully received and worshiped while suffering at the time of death ajmila chanted the holy name of the lord although the chanting was direct towards his son he nevertheless returned home back to godhead therefore if one faithfully and inoffensively chants the holy name of the lord where is a doubt that he will not return to godhead so this ends the chapter second chapter of sixth canto so tomorrow we will do the rest of this yamraja instruction messages